Regardless of the whole pandemic crisis, and the moment when everybody started to freak out and go crazy for face masks, hand sanitizers, and even toilet paper, I wanted to focus on that moment when we all had to embrace the idea of being self-quarantined and stay at home. Something that we were never prepared for, and we didn't even know for how long. I remember seeing in the news how the famous plazas or famous busy areas were actually empty. Then with our surroundings, we started to feel the silence and we all witnessed how the whole world suddenly stopped. But then something happened. People started to sing and play music out of their balconies. Free yoga sessions became a trend on Instagram. Handmade posters of hope and paintings of rainbows were displayed on people's windows. Then, we witnessed a wave of positivity and hope and how people started to get clever and more creative to do anything to fight boredom, stress, anxiety, and staying away from being insane. Hi, my name is Juan Leguizamon and welcome to Give a Fuck. Today's episode, how the pandemic didn't stop creativity. We have a couple of good stories and uh, one of them, how a film production had to continue with a shoot while half the crew was on quarantine, including the director. Also, what creative things people did during their free time at home, including the story of a DJ who threw a party for a social distance audience and more. So stay tuned. Give a fuck. I guess this year we have witnessed a lot of unprecedented events. And yet, one of the things that we all agree upon is that this year really sucks. But there are other things that we should not ignore that are not necessarily all negative. We should also remember how we tried to stay together and connected during this pandemic how we were craving for positivity no matter how the news and the media brought us down. And especially about social media, how we noticed this quick adaptation on the social distance situation. We noticed good things and inspiring things such as uh, music videos done on Zoom, funny TikTok challenges, and even celebrities making awesome original content such as John Krasinski's uh, homemade news show called Song Good News. I'm John Krasinski, and if it isn't clear yet, I have absolutely no idea what I'm doing. And now for some good news. Not only we noticed these good things, but we started to get noticed and celebrated as the way how Apple released a beautiful ad called Creativity Goes On that it was created by TVWA Labs where they portrayed an honest vignette of real people making a difference in these hard times with their creativity. And the reason why we wanted to do a podcast about this is not just because it's a topical subject, 
but because these are one of the few positive things and positive moments during this global crisis that I can guarantee you nobody will remember. People will always remember 2020 as the year we got hit by a pandemic, but no one will remember or even give a fuck of what we did to stay together, optimistic and adaptive, and most important, how we stay creative during a pandemic. Give a fuck. In this first story that we like to call The Show Must Go On, we had the pleasure to talk with Martin Sunderman, who's the head of directors, film and craft, and executive producer for films and content at Media Monks in Amsterdam. Him and his talented team helped us here have us to produce a 30-second film for a Huawei brand campaign. But then, out of the ordinary, Right in the middle of the pre-production process, all European governments took action on a mandatory lockdown, preventing us to continue with this production. After a couple conversations with the client, thinking of possibilities of continuing this production in other countries where COVID-19 was not affected at the time, we asked our partners at Media Monks if there was a chance to continue with these shoots responsibly, safely, right at the brink of a global quarantine. Here's Martin to tell us the story. So yeah, so let's let's just go back in time. I guess uh, that'll be starting uh, around March. Uh, for you guys, when uh, when the, the quarantine uh, started to be effective, uh, the, the did a lot of projects get canceled or postponed, or do you guys have any ongoing projects from your side? Yeah, so uh, of course, a certain percentage um, uh, we had to stop. Um, and these are mostly shoots that uh, require lots of talent. And uh, because you can't have lots of talent on set, you know, those shoots got canceled immediately. Um, uh, some of these projects were, 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 were changed towards a more animation type of um, solution that we could offer our clients. So they could at least, you know, go for it with their media buy and not lose money there. So that was one of the tricks that we've done. But I think Overall, I think 20% really got canceled. And for the other 80%, we could find uh, a creative solutions to at least um, help the client to put something on air. So I guess in this case for this Huawei uh, brand film, uh, I mean, we started working with you guys and uh, we, we had like a, a, a good uh, start. If you can walk us through that pre-production process and uh, really prior, uh, you know, when we had the notice that we had to just Pretty much changed plans last minute. Yeah, our, our original shoot was planned to to be in Amsterdam, right? At, at Medebank Studios. Um, of course, you guys come from from Germany, which is you know a relatively um, um, safe way um, uh, to produce. Um, of course, this project from the start had a very tight um, uh, schedule, as we all know. I think you know we had a month to prep everything and also um, you know finish up first first edits. But if I remember correctly, um, you know, we were completely prepped for a, uh, we had a director on board um, for um, um, an Amsterdam-based shoot. And I believe we were about eight work days prior to the shoot when COVID hit like massively. Um, and I'm always a positive guy, you know, always trying to search for, for solutions. But eight days before the shoot, 
it became apparent that therefore, you know, there's no way that we can all be in the same room. It's just not allowed. And the Dutch government also um, asked us to stop doing what you're doing. You know, everybody go home, um, uh, lock up and sit behind sit behind your laptop. So right before that, like we actually thought that, uh, you know, there couldn't be a possibility that this whole production would be canceled. So what was your reaction when, when you heard that the client actually wanted to continue with the show? Uh, my, my humble um, uh, reaction was, we're actually going to do it. Okay, you know, I, I had two roots in my mind. Or need, you know, the production would stop now and we'll pick it up whenever needed. But I was actually very happy to hear that the client also had the minds to just proceed. We did have a, a you know, a, a good good plan in place. And I was extremely comfortable with shooting with our partners uh, of Media Monks in Singapore because we, you know, we shoot with them a lot. So I do feel that we had a really good setup. Uh, and I think that's also one of the benefits with Media Monks that we have so many, you know, offices around the world. We can move really quickly when there is, well, when there is an issue. So I think we got lucky as well in that sense that that we are so connected, you know, um, uh, as a production company. Having the client from one side, the agency on the other side, and, and then again, uh, from you guys, having that thought of confidence that you felt, you know what, we have a plan and I'm not sure how this is gonna go, but we're going for this. So, so yeah, what was that plan that you had in mind that you felt like that there's no way we can fail with this or if we fail, we, we have a plan B or was there even a plan B when, when, when you had this uh, plan? Um, I, of course, I always think of, of, of backup plans, but um, uh, just to be also really frank with you, I, I think the only way that we could have done this is if, you know, agency and production company, half as a media mugs, um, I really felt you know, we had a we had a team approach. Also, you and I. You know, if um, if you and I didn't team up, uh, I also think client would not um, you know go for it. So I think it was a good teamwork between us to 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 show the plan to the client and and so that they also got confidence to to work with us. And regarding um, a, a backup plan, well. You, you, you know what went wrong uh, the day before the shoot that, that our worst nightmare happened that uh, our, our director uh, was not allowed uh, on set. Um, what happened the night before our shoot, um, the Singaporean government um, uh, made a new law uh, that anybody who traveled in the 14 days prior to a work environment or a shoot uh, was not allowed to go to work and our director went to family like 10 days prior so the day before the shoot we found out that we had no director however i do think uh, we had a really interesting solution to this and of course so we had our director um, set up in our collective uh, call so which means that on this call you had you the creative director you had me you had client and you had um, your team and the director was on this call as well and he used his assistant director who's also a really good um, uh, vfx director he was on set and he basically um, uh, directed the ad on set this is really uncommon to have also for you to have a director on your call say on your zoom so you can have a constant talk with the director and i think I've never experienced this before. Uh, normally when you are on shoot, you know, a director comes in every hour to say, hello, what do you think of the shot? Some directors only come once a day to, to you know, our client or agency booth to discuss certain shots. But, you know, the agency had full opportunity to discuss everything live um, with a director while we're shooting, which I think 
uh, went much more smooth than I would expect it. So I also think you got a lot of value and you could really, you know, set creativity together with the director in such an intense level that I've never seen before. So we had bad luck, but uh, I also think it had some perks, um, especially for you to really have a creative collaboration with the director while we're shooting. So let's explain to the audience the whole setup, because as we know, on a normal shoot, there's a physical space and uh, clients are always on set and agency side is always on set. We all there, we'll take decisions there and everything happens smoothly. But during these circumstances, we couldn't. We all had to stay in our current places. You from Amsterdam, uh, agency side from uh, Dusseldorf, Germany, and also as well as the client. And we are all monitoring a director in Singapore, but we all literally staring at the same screen of the same cameras that they're shooting at. So basically it's like we are all co-directing from home. Uh, so let, let, walk us through that whole experience starting from even the time that we all had to start from uh, our current uh, locations. So um, our day started quite early because you know we're shooting in Singapore. So I think uh, our day started at, was it 3 a.m. or 4 a.m.? Um, it, it was early. Also, I truly believe, and I do wanna, wanna fact check this, but I think, I think we were the first ones to really do this remote. You know, we are at the beginning of the COVID uh, peak. Um, everybody shut down their, their productions. I did a check with all my uh, media monks colleagues around the world. And I know for a fact that we were the first ones within media monks. I know for a fact that in Europe, I also think we were the first ones. So we were indeed pioneering a bit. And at that time, we were still using um, uh, Zoom and Google Hangouts to, to conversations. Um, at the moment now, we have developed our technology and, you know, I have some, have some different setups for it. Because I think, you know, you and I were in client calls and then we had a creative chats and sometimes these, these echoes overlap um, in, in discussions, which I think we experienced already early in the morning. It's a strange experience to look at a, a, a monitor from home and, 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 and have so much power because you have the director on board, so you can have a constant, uh, constant chat. Um, we also added our uh, shot list online so we could all follow where we were and we could collectively check off when shots were done. I think that worked out um, really well, but you know, that was still the first time we were doing it. So we all had different screens, which is not the ideal situation, but you know, that's what we had at the time. But I think in general, the shoot went pretty smooth uh, and I was really happy that the director was on our call and that we didn't have to you know, ask the AD to connect with the director to chat. So I really truly felt that this was a blessing in disguise that our director actually couldn't be on set, but you know, it was on our side. It wasn't in the digital world. And it was very, um, I guess, uh, surprising. And uh, I mean, pretty awesome just to know that you can still have the same control that you would normally have at a physical shoot, but you did it. Uh, you know, from the comfort of your home or an office or whatever. And so that's something that uh, uh, that made the whole experience really um, uh, enlightening and uh, very humbling from our side as well, because anything could have gone wrong. I mean, the, the, the internet connection couldn't be horrible, but it wasn't. I mean, the global internet connection kind of worked in waves. So that was my worst nightmare. Like, what if, you know, we can't even look at a screen and we, we would just call each other to say, now I see she's walking to the screen. She's holding it up, you know, <laughs> to be in the blind. That would have been my, 
my worst nightmare. But thank God that wasn't the situation. What I do like about this informal setting, uh, you know, you were at home, I was at home, and sometimes, you know, my kid came by, and I think uh, Eric's kid, uh, I can't really remember, but, you know, you see people come by, which also creates, you know, you kind of look behind, you know, um, uh, the agency or the client screen, you know, of formalities. So I also felt that, you know, we're all people um, uh, and, and filmmakers doing this together. So I actually kind of liked it, you know, the, the, the formal curtain kind of fell and I instantly felt, you know, we're doing this together. So I liked it. What, one more thing before we exit uh, this interview. And again, uh, like I told you, the concept of, of this uh, podcast is called Give a Fuck. Um, what do you think... People in the industry, with this whole situation that happened, why do you think this is worth uh, giving a fuck? Well, uh, I think every person will have a different answer on this, but, uh, you know, I'm a filmmaker and um, I have passion for filmmaking and I want to find ways to make it work. Um, that's my soul, you know. Um, every moment that we shoot a minute of film is, you know, I, I feel something new is created uh, on this planet. So that's, that's more of a, a passion answer on my end. Um, I, I give a fuck about film, so therefore I give a fuck about this. Give a fuck. For this segment, we usually talk about projects that are done here at Havas Germany or within the Havas Global Network. But today, we're just going to focus on personal projects. Here's Mark Tillibalan, one of our strategic planners here at Havas, but on his free time, he's a DJ. Do you have a specific name for the DJ thing, or is it just you? Uh, what do you mean with specific name? Sometimes they just have like their, you know, DJ Frog 3000, whatever. Do you have a nickname? Oh, or is you mean you mean the artist name? Uh, yeah. Yes, I have an artist name. What it's is called it? Peacekeeper. Peacekeeper. Yes. What kind of music is Peacekeeper? <laughs> Describe it for us. Generally speaking, it's electronic dance music, but like to make it more special, it's a genre subgenre called hard style. So it's. Let's say it's very, very much trance, trance music on steroids. So, so the thing is like, so during the, the pandemic, back then when the, this lockdown was very strict, um, everything changed in so many ways, especially for so many social gatherings, events, things like that. Everything got pretty much canceled. So what, what was that for you, especially for a guy who throws parties is always doing these DJ shows and then the fact that now we live in, in, a, in a world that that's not even a possibility, what went through your head? Well, of course, there was a big of sadness uh, involved uh, from my side, but I also have to say it's not my living, so it was a bit more good for me personally. It was just that I feel, feel, feel sad about the missed opportunities and uh, uh, the, also music was a huge part of my life, which got suddenly dragged away. but. The actual feeling, to be really honest, was relief because after hearing what happened, also having family in, in, in a few countries, mostly also Western countries, which got hit a bit harder, uh, I felt a huge relief that we're not doing this because I couldn't imagine being uh, responsible for, for something I don't want. And uh, 
yeah. So with that in mind, how do you end up throwing a party or a DJ show in a way that it was responsible and safe? Yeah, the first thing we did was pretty immediately after the lockdown. So it was times where I've not really left the house a lot and we had the we had the first uh, uh, event I got booked was a live stream. So it was um, a smaller live stream we did. We all had like this safety uh, gloves on. It was a time people didn't really know that it was the aerosol spreading it, but it was like really did a lot uh, in this, this storage hall had like uh, yeah, I had like a little stage in a storage hall uh, and, and a video stream and that was like the first experience. And this was via Instagram? Or? Mm, also, we used Instagram, Facebook and Twitch. I okay. mean, you can use any platform. Um, and it was also the times where their algorithms didn't kick out music that quickly. They have changed a lot, so now you have to plan a bit more in advance. So it was really shortly planned. They just built up this wall and we just went live. Um, funny thing was, I played also at another live stream we'd watch, which was at the... Uh, the biggest European company for uh, festival equipment. So they equipped like all that big festivals and they really built a huge stage inside their storage uh, hall. So it was totally different experience, but it was also great. Or it's also, also I played at a drive-in uh, club, kind of a drive-in festival, outdoor thing. And yeah, but, I mean, you didn't have people, but you had like the blinking cars and people waving their, their arms out of the cars. So it's different, it's totally different and you can't compare it, but still you get kind of a response from the people and um, I personally like DJing a lot and it surely is better in front of people than if you're alone, but that doesn't matter, it's not enjoyable and it's not fun, so. <laughs> so you say something really interesting that you don't believe that uh, the lack of social connection is Due to this lack of uh, physical distance, because uh, at some point they're connecting with you with a uh, platform uh, on social media, or in this case, a uh, an unconventional way to enjoy a show. But in a way, you still connect with them with your music. Yes, and and the thing is, people want to connect with each other um, by any menace or by any tool. So. Um, um, especially like this new forms of gigs during the pandemic showed me that there is plenty of tools which can be used in a really fun way or in a really meaningful way because especially especially the drive-in which was in the epicenter of the corona outbreak in Heinsberg in Germany pretty close here so after they opened up it was like really this 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 community which had the biggest kind of package to carry around because they were like the outbreak for Germany like the big one during their carnival season and so having all of this in mind it makes it way more special than any big stage to play on Now, here's Graziella Elshkar, one of our junior art directors who had a very interesting way to spend her creative time to connect with people during the quarantine. So here's the thing. So, and, and again, something that you already mentioned uh, earlier is that, you know, you spend a lot of time uh, online. Yeah. Um, if you remember, like, again, during that time, especially during the pandemic, a lot of people try to connect 
uh, each other, and especially taking advantage of these platforms like video call platforms mm. or they're being part of Facebook groups or any other uh, types of experiences. And again, you, you, you see how people got a little bit creative, but in your case, you dedicated your time to build an island. So <laughs> yes. talk to us about that. <laughs> I, um, I bought a video game, it's called Animal Crossing, and um, it gives you the possibility to inhabit an island and to build it completely the way you wanted it. It's um, basically a little sandbox all for yourself. And the fun thing is other people all around the world have the same, uh, do, do the same thing. And um, it's really nice when you have friends who also play the game to kind of set up little Animal Crossing dates and you visit each other on your island and you show them what you worked on during the week. For example, I also have this one friend, I used to work with him, now he's in Berlin. Um, we can luckily go to Berlin again, but still when it wasn't the case, it was really nice to catch up with him by this game and we were just walking around in the game and the graphics are beautiful, really, I love the graphics. So we were just sitting there on a bench looking at the moon and talking about what was up in this week. So that was really fun and cute and um, still is. So again, for the audience that are not so familiar with this platform, uh, like what kind of details you actually put into this island? Like why do you make it so special? Um, so uh, the, 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 island, the game in itself is really cute. So everything the game already offers at the beginning is eye candy to me. Um, but the island is at first very empty, you just have um, a, a few trees and a few hills, but as you go on, as you progress, you put in more houses, you put in more animals, animal villagers, which are really cute characters, and you can also design it yourself. You can actually, um, the, the game has a tool where you can create patterns, so you can actually put, um, pave the streets of your island or give your characters clothing, which you designed yourself, which like very pixel after pixel is completely your work so that is a cool thing too that you can actually present these things you customize you designed yourself to the people you're playing with and you can also exchange designs because every island has a little tailor shop and if I go to a tailor shop of a friend of mine I can um, leave my design in their clothing rack so it's like a little like a little um, like a little letter. So there's like a huge sense of personalization in, in, in this world that you created. So you, you, you consider that island being like very you? Is that, that Does it have like a huge DNA of you? So Definitely. When, yeah? <laughs> Definitely. I mean, I also follow a lot of social media accounts um, from people playing this game. And we have I see so many islands that have a completely different vibe, a completely different personality. There are islands that look very urban, very rough. Mine is pretty urban. <laughs> there are islands which are very magical, which um, have very natural and foresty. And there are also, I don't know, crazy things like pirate islands and desert islands. Um, everybody has their own ideas. And there are some people who do it this way and that way. And that's really fun to see. How much time do you spend on this? Um, nowadays not as much, um, back then it was about, some days I was like four hours in the evening, but most of the time about one hour before I go to bed, but when I have a project in mind, and with project I say like a little certain area in my island I want to develop, it did happen that I was spending like half a day on my console. My last question, uh, so again, uh, you know, if you tell people 
why especially people that don't know or do not relate with this platform or in video games at all what do you think they should give a fuck about this platform especially with the situation that happened again the context of uh being in quarantine being in the in this place customizing it uh, to your likings putting so much of your time and yourself into it what why should they care in the end it's not about this game in itself but this kind of game i think like Animal Crossing is one thing, but there's also things like Minecraft or for little kids there are Roblox. It's just very wonderful to have games where you can really freely um, express your personality and um, create something. And the nice thing about, um, in my case for me, is that I know people who share this, um, this, yeah, this joy for this thing and it's really nice to kind of um, not compare but show each other each other's pro progress and kind of feel like you're working on your little virtual online world i mean in the end it's just fun it's not like um i'm working on my portfolio or something <laughs> but it eases the mind it's it, it gives me joy and it's um yeah it's just nice and fun cool well thank you so much thank you Give a fuck. If we had more time, we could add more interesting stories to this podcast, as I'm sure you have your own. And if you do, feel free to add your stories at the comment section on our website. Which is the reason why we wanted to make this podcast as a time capsule to show the evidence of the power of creativity under a pandemic crisis. And I'd like to close this episode by quoting the message from that inspiring ad by Apple. It goes as follows. We have always believed deeply in the power of creativity. Now more than ever, we're inspired by people in every corner of the world finding new ways to share their creativity, ingenuity, humanity, and hope. Creativity goes on. that's it that's our episode thanks for giving a fuck and listening we'd like to give special thanks to martin sutherman mark tababalan and graciela ashkar please leave a comment and feedback at our website and find out more about our host agency have germany and meaningfulbrands.com once again my name is juan legui simon until next time keep giving a fuck Give a fuck.